Hey y'all, welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I am here with Caroline Biddle. Caroline, do you want to introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are? What's up everyone? I am Caroline Biddle. I am a future registered dietitian as well. I am an online fitness coach for women. I am the co-CEO of the brand Carbs and Confidence and we are the best team in the world, no cap. I am also an online fitness business coach to help people do what I love doing so that I can help them help other people. And it's so much fun. I am a single mother of my son, Samuel. He is my three-year-old kitty over here. Not an actual mother, but I am a fur mama. (laughs) And I love everything, sushi, cats, and dessert. So that is me. Yeah, Caroline and I definitely share a sweet tooth. We've bonded over that one already. We love the sweets. But you guys, today is match day. And that is one of the main reasons I wanted to have Caroline on today of all days. Because we are, I mean, you're one of the only people that like I actually talk to on a regular basis that's also going through this process right now. So I'm like, okay, girl, we need to have each other support before we get our batches. Let's just have a conversation about it and go through the ropes of what it actually takes to become a registered dietitian. Because I know I get a lot of questions about you guys. I've done one episode before about the curriculum and stuff, but Caroline and I are going to dive in deep when it comes to dicus, picking your um, dietetic internship that you like, your open houses, talking to DI directors, what it takes in education purposes and classes you have to go through. So we're going to try to just tackle all of it. Um, <laughs> so where, where do you think we should start? What do you think would be the best thing to start on? Let's just start like from the very beginning. Like let's walk through the process. All right, let's do it. (laughs) So when you are picking a dietetic internship, like first off, you need to know what the heck you're doing. Because if you are just looking at this application process, it's nothing like applying to a college. No. Because not everyone gets in and that's the issue. Like you could meet all the criteria, excuse me, and still not get in. No, exactly. And also, I don't know if you experienced this, but I definitely experienced this is like, whenever you're applying to other programs, like say you're applying to like med school, PT school, like something along those lines, there's so much information about it online and it tells you how to do it. There's nothing online that specifically tells you exactly how like you're supposed to go through a dietetic internship and become a registered dietitian, unless you have like that DI director in your undergraduate like degrees and stuff. I felt like I was so lost when I was first diving into it. Cause I was like, wait, crap, what are DPD classes? Like, I was like, what is that? Like, no one's ever mentioned that to me before. And maybe it's different because I know you're at a university that has, um, that like nutrition path when my undergrad didn't have that. So I was like completely lost, didn't have any advisors or anything that told me what I needed to do to become a registered dietitian. Not until I got to Auburn and I had a DI director and I was like, help SOS, please. Yeah. Um, so I feel like a lot of people that try to go this career path are kind of lost in what to do. Yeah. I could not imagine not having my professors and my like DI directors that helped me through it because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like I just signed up because I knew that I wanted to do that. And then I didn't realize everything that went into it. Thank God, because I probably wouldn't have done it. But yeah, yeah, honestly, like once I got into all the science classes, I thought like did not know that I needed like, good Lord, I probably would not have done it, but I'm glad that I went there. And 
they just really like shepherd me through it. So be sure that you have someone in your corner or you're going to a school that can help you because like eatrightpro.org is just not it. They don't tell you how to do it. There's no outline. There's nothing. It's just like, here are some articles and journals and blogs and stuff about the recent stuff. And there's no like, yeah, there's no step-by-step process on like what you should be taking, what you should be doing. I it's because I was kind of in the opposite boat from you. Like I had no guidance. Therefore mm-hmm. me over here, I'm like YouTubing how to become a registered dietitian. What classes do you need? And I'm like finding all of this stuff. And it wasn't until I actually got to Auburn. And like you said, had those professors and DI directors and stuff that really guided me. And I was like, Oh, thank Jesus. Like I just needed that guidance. Cause it's so up in the air and you are, and you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. Cause if you don't take the right classes, I mean, no one's going to tell you, oh, you don't really like need that. Like you, like you can't take that class in order to get here. Like they're going to let you take it. And then it's a waste of a credit. And then you're just like backtracking. So you got to make sure you're staying on top of those type of things. Yeah. I definitely wasted like two years of college. So we're fine. It's fine. It's but fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. We're all fine. Um, it's so just confusing and everyone's DPD courses are different. Like they have different names, they have different codes. So just be sure that you are calling the right people. So if you don't know what to do and you're not at a university that has some sort of director like that or a registered dietitian on staff, what I would honestly recommend is calling an internship that you're interested in and seeing what they require and what they need because DI directors get back to you so quickly. They're so, so helpful when you actually reach out to the internship itself, especially with the one that I applied to, they'll get back to you like same day. So they're always trying to help applicants because they understand how confusing and crazy this process is. So there are dietitians and directors out there that will help you. You just might need to go a step further than where you're at. So look at the internships. Literally, that's so true. And like, just because you're not a part of their program or like, they're not going to recognize your email coming through or something. Don't hold back from asking questions and stuff. Like honestly, shoot your shot. Like I have always been a one, like with anything that comes to schooling and stuff, I ask questions so much. Like I'm that annoying kid that like emails the professor 15 minutes after class when I'm studying, like, that's just me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care because it's bettering my knowledge and like my ability to do what I need to do. So therefore like, just ask the question. Um, I know it can be nerve wracking to some people, but like, just take the leap, just send the email, ask the question because you're going to feel a hundred times better when you get that answer. And I knew that like I set up calls with the directors, not only does it get your name in front of them because there are like, there's only a 50% match rate. Like just let that sink in out of all the people that apply, only half of them get matched. So you need to be teacher's pet. You need to be like kissing their booty cheeks because like they need to know your name so that they can see you in the application process because these directors are the people that go through the applications. So I hopped on a call. I asked all of the questions, like, what do you look for? What makes applicants stand out? What do you particularly like to see in an applicant's personal statement? That's an animal in and of itself because you have to talk about yourself for at least a thousand words. And that's a lot harder than you think it is. So be sure that you are going to be that teacher's pet and forcing yourself to show up in front of them like way more often than you think. And go to open houses. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So go to the open houses. Like Mm -hmm. just, even if you like, don't say anything, make sure you're there, but try to say something, especially at the end when they ask, like, do you guys have any questions? Like try to have a question prepared. Um, 
And like if they have multiple open houses, which most programs do have multiple ones, try to make it to all of them so that they continuously see your name. Mm -hmm. um, but I totally agree with like the talking to the directors. Like I set up a one-on-one. -on -one, so I did all the open houses. And then after I completed open houses, I set up a one-on-one -on -one with all of the directors mm -hmm. and just to like sit down and talk. And I asked about personal statements and also ask about things that most people don't normally ask about. So like most people going into a dietetic internship aren't necessarily that interested in, in food service. So if you ask them a question about food service and what a food service rotation or something looks like, it's most likely going to be a question that's a little different from someone else asking them questions about like, oh, clinical rotations, what does the community rotation look like and stuff. So it might make you stand out a little bit more. So try and figure out those specific questions that are going to help you stand out. Or for me specifically, like I'm very interested in sports nutrition. So I made sure to question them on like, what opportunities do you have for sports nutrition and stuff and like letting them know what I was interested in. And I can tell you, it made the world of a difference as well with like my anxiety levels, like knowing that I'd already talked to the director and like, I put a name to a face and even one of my programs, actually my top program that I'm hoping to match with today, I met with them on campus in person and we talked for like three hours. It was like the best meeting on the planet. And I felt so confident leaving, but it would just ease your nerves to knowing that like, okay, I've met with this person. They know who I am. They put a name to a face and we've actually had a good conversation and it helps you realize if you even want to be a part of that program. Cause you've got to remember you're matching to them too. It's not just them picking you. You're also picking where you want to spend your rotations and your time working with people. Cause those are people that you're going to get close with and you're going to be like working long hours with. So you want to make sure you like them as much as they like you. And also be sure that you pay attention to the concentrations. So like Lex mentioned, she's really into sports nutrition. Um, that's also a concentration that I applied to. So you don't necessarily want to apply to a program that specializes in a concentration that you're not even interested in because you spend an extra like 300 to 500 hours doing that specialty. Right. So if you don't want to work in a hospital, don't go to a clinical internship. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And that was like one of the big things. I know you and I've discussed a little bit that clinical is more of our like eh, side of things. Um, so I, and, that, and that's something I expressed too, to the directors, whenever I was talking to them, I let them know my, my worries and like my strengths and like, as well as my weaknesses. And I expressed to them that I thought clinical was going to be a weakness. And I'm sure a lot of people are nervous going into clinical because it is in a hospital setting. It is a little more on the serious need to be on your toes side of things versus working in a community setting or wellness or anything like that. Um, and I think it really eased my nerves to let them know my worries because then they came back and they knew how to like, okay, no, we work with you. You're not going to be thrown into it and like expect to do everything on your own. And the first time, like, um, like I know specifically with my top pick, like they, they, they have simulators that they put you in before going into actual hospitals. And I was like, Oh, that makes me feel better that I'm not actually dealing with actual patients right at first. And so it just letting them know that kind of stuff really helps you as well as them get to know you and like where your strengths are and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And also that's another thing to add into your personal statement. Like don't be afraid to talk about your weaknesses because self-awareness is what sells people. So like, I know that I will push myself very, very hard. And that's probably one of my biggest strengths and also my biggest weakness because I'll push myself to my breaking point. Oh. So I will like just weigh overdo it to the point where like I will burn out and then have to take like a mental health week because I can't anymore. No, no. So that's something that's super 
like self-aware that you can mention because you don't only want to be discussing, hi, I'm so great. You need to right. be like, hey, here is who I am as a person. Here's my story. You need to paint a picture of yourself for these people. So right. be sure you are building those personal connections. And then also with open houses, I know that not everyone can travel because travel is expensive. Right. And also we did this in the middle of COVID. So yeah, all of my open houses were online. Perfect. So I did that and it makes it a lot easier to go virtually as well. Cause you can go to more. And I know that as we move forward, there are going to be more adaptations made because I don't know about you Lex, but I know that finding a clinical rotation spot is ridiculous right now because they're not letting people into the hospitals. So I was lucky enough to find one that was willing to preset me for like at least half of my time. Wow. But a lot of places are offering like online options for your rotations as well. So when you are like, don't have any expectations going into your internship, because I know that Lex and I are in the same boat. This is nothing like we ever would have imagined it to be. And you have to be very just adaptive and proactive. And you're going to have to get creative with your like experience. So for me personally, I applied to a distance internship and I was in charge of securing my own preceptors. So luckily my internship is also offering like a portion of online clinical rotation. So I can still get that experience. Wow. And I, like I said, I only got half of my clinicals in person. So that does kind of affect how my experience will go. Right. But even if you can't get into like a hospital, you can go to outpatient. You can go to like a renal facility or like a dialysis center or something, yeah, like that. or something along those lines. Yeah. So it's not necessarily going to be by the book traditional always. You might be doing rotations over Zoom now because people have discovered that it works because of COVID because it made them discover that it works. And now they can take more people that way. So I think that this is kind of the turning year for our profession as well as the academy because the academy is a little bit behind time. <laughs> so just like go in with an open mind and just prepare yourself to be adaptive and independent and proactive and not be afraid to do things yourself. Oh yeah, 1000%. I also want to touch on the distance program because I know you applied to distance. I applied to all like already like not non-distance just like traditional except for one that's like half distance half traditional so let's touch on that and what that means um so sure people listening are probably like wait what does that even mean so um my programs are i guess three out of four of my programs or four out of five because one one of my colleges um has like two options that applied to both but four out of five of mine are all traditional so that means that my preceptors and my program sets my schedule for me. Therefore, they get my rotations in hospitals um, and any outpatient places that I might may be, um, WIC or food, like any of that kind of stuff, they set it up for me. So therefore, I get my schedule. Now, distance is when you have to find your own. You're a part of their program, but therefore you can do it wherever you want, but you have to find your own. So like Caroline said, she's had to find her own clinical um, rotations and she's working on getting all of that. Um, so with mine, that's 50, 50, my clinical and food service will be set up for me and they will have it already set up and go, which those are typically the more difficult rotations to find. And then my community and wellness will be, um, I have to find my own rotations for that. So that's kind of the difference between distance and traditional. Um, and 
obviously they both work. You get, you get your hours done. You just have to figure out what works best for you. Absolutely. And it really just depends on what you're looking for. So right. like Lex is crazy and she's going full time in person. I would probably die. So, <laughs> and, and giving up running my businesses was not an option for me because I love what I do. I have worked really, really hard to get to where I am. So I opted for a part-time distance track. Now that being said, finding your own rotations is not a walk in the park. It is not the easiest thing in the world to do. So be prepared to make like at least 10 calls a day and not get a call back. Um, I think I called like 15 places before I actually got like a response. Hey, you got like a response period, but then also a yes. So be persistent. Just keep calling, like show up if you need to just like start working it for you. So like my distance internship is actually out of Massachusetts, but they have a list of potential preceptors in my area because it is a widespread distance internship. So there are options, but you don't have access to that list until you get matched. So right. if you are applying to a distance internship, they will take into account whether you have secured preceptors or not to who they're going to let into the program. Right. Because if you aren't proactive and you're not showing that you're proactive and putting your money where your mouth is, they're not going to take you. Right. So when you apply, you better have at least one rotation spot secured. I had three. Literally three out of the three things that I needed. So yeah. some of them are part-time and I'm still looking for like a random, like 50 hours in community and my food service one. Cause that's one is really hard to find, yeah. but I went in with like two thirds of my rotations hey. done. So go. that definitely like will set you apart moving forward. If distance is something you want to do. Now that being said, if you want peace of mind and don't want to have to like bother with it, then an in-person option is better for you. Now the caveat with that is you're probably going to have to move. There's not very many dietetic internships. Right. So the odds that there's one like right where you are, unless they have the program from your undergrad or your master's, or it's a combined program, whatever it's, it's kind of slim. So remember that that's an incurred expense. Not only that, but you are paying to have a 40 hour a week job. Like, yep. and price range is 10 to 15 grand, depending on your internship. So that. 10 to 15 grand right off the rip. Yeah. And then you have to pay for housing. You also don't get any money for food. You yep. don't have time for another job. I mean, you can be like Lex and I not sleep, but <laughs> you don't have time for a traditional job. Yeah. So these are all things that you have to think about going into your internship. For sure. And like the whole moving thing that Caroline touched on, like moving was not an option for her. For me, I'm currently in Auburn. Y'all know I can't wait to get back to the Carolinas. So therefore I applied to all the programs towards home. And so moving was like, okay, I have to move. I want to move. So therefore that was in the cards for me. That's like, that was, okay, I want that. Um, and then also with me being like done with my graduate school and everything like that, it's like, I was in the position where like, I'm willing to sacrifice the time and put in the effort to just get done with school, to get my RD, to get on with like the next portion of my life. So it just depends on where you are in your life and what you want the next step to be for yourself. Cause like clearly Caroline, Caroline and I have the same end goal, right? But we have a different path to get there cause we have different priorities going into it, which that's why there's different options, right? That's why 
there's so many different programs and there's so many different options for programs with half online, half distance, half traditional and stuff. So you can make it work for you. Um, and also like, this is a big reminder that like, just because someone's timeline is doing it in this amount of time does not mean that you have to do it in that amount of time. I feel like that's such a big misconception with school and any type of educational, um, like life milestone sort of things. You don't have to graduate in four years. You don't have to get your master's in six years. You, you don't have to do all of those typical timeline things. So therefore like you're doing just, you're doing your internship part-time and there we go. That works for you. Um, but some people might get caught up on the whole, oh, I should be doing and stuff. And I actually just like wrote up a whole caption for a post that I plan to post this, post this week about like shoulds and how I'm like, I'm trying to get rid of like the should concept of like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Cause it's such a negative connotation of things. But I feel like that also has like came about in this whole dicus process of things. So I should be doing this. I should be doing that and stuff, especially with COVID. It was so hard to get more hours and do all of that stuff. Um, so I was doing like, as many like online case study things as possible, but give yourself a break and just remember that your timeline is yours and it's not anyone else's. So therefore, whatever program you pick, whatever path you decide to go down, it works for you and it doesn't matter um, what anyone else is doing. Absolutely. And like, let's even talk about it because you and I have a bunch of different timelines too. So like you already have your master's. I am still an undergrad. So I graduate in June from my undergrad and I'm going part-time. That being said, a part-time and a full-time internship, the dis or the difference is like three months. Like it's not that big of a deal. So she'll be done in eight months. I'll be done in 12. So like, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's like, like a big deal, but it's not. Yeah. Right. And like Lex said, it just depends on what you're looking for and who you are. Like I could have not sat for my, or like applied to diecast and all that. I could have gone straight into my internship. Right. I didn't want to. So I wanted to get my RD before the Academy requires that master's in 2024. Yeah. So you might not have done that. Like you might have sat for the NDTR because you can do that. You can be a dietitian tech after you have all your DPD courses and you basically just assist dietitians. You could work for a year, get some work experience, and then go to your internship. There's so many different options that you can do. Oh yeah. Like do whatever works best for you. Don't feel like you need to do what everyone else is doing. And I feel like that's a big thing that not a lot of people talk about in our profession well, is we're not given all of the options that we can do. Even with like a nutrition degree, like people ask me what you can do with just a nutrition degree. Like no one told me. They just told me to go do my internship. Like yeah. no one told me what you can do with just a nutrition degree. But I know that there's people out there that don't necessarily want to be a dietitian, but they want to work in health and wellness. So mm -hmm. be proactive and just like do some research. Google is yeah. best friend. Yeah, seriously, do your research because that's like a big thing too. Because at Auburn, like they have like in our um, college of human sciences and stuff, we have nutrition, uh, nutrition and wellness and dietetics as like three of the major, like majors underneath that category. And when I first got here, I was kind of like, like my mindset was on like dietetics, like that I'm getting my master's in nutrition. Like if I was an undergrad here, I would go on dietetics, obviously. Um, while there's only a master's in nutrition option here, but, um, I couldn't, I was like, what the heck is this like wellness, nutrition, nutrition, dietetics, are they not all the same thing? Like I was so confused, but Auburn actually does like a really good job at 
helping guide you with different things. Yeah, you take the same like core value classes, but like with the wellness stuff, they almost take more like community nutrition classes and um, working with WIC and like doing those kind of things versus um, MNT. They don't have to take MNT and do all of that. Um, so there's a lot of different areas that you can go into with nutrition. So if you're interested in this career path, do your research and don't just, I mean, yes, if you want to be an RD, we support it, obviously go do it. We love it. Um, but there's also so many other options. So if you aren't, if you, if you see this list of science classes and you're like, Oh crap, like I don't want to do that. I really want to work in this field, but like, I don't want to do that. Um, look into your other options. Cause you might not have to take all the organics and MNTs and things along those lines. And you can still work in the career path. Absolutely. Let's talk about that because you can definitely work in health and wellness without going through what we went through. And I did not know that. So like you can yeah. work, you can work as like, there's different jobs at like a wake office or at a general like wellness center that you don't necessarily need to be a dietitian for. And it's no joke when you decide to be a dietitian. Like I had no idea. Thank God I was built like that to be able to function very highly. And every dietitian that I meet, they are a type A, type oh. three, or type one, but those two types only. That's literally something we've joked about in like my MNC classes that like every single person in that class is type A. Like we talk about it all the time. <laughs> it's like yeah. just something in like registered dietitian's mindset that like we are just all very type A people. Mm -hmm. um, if I, I don't think I've ever come across someone that's like, oh no, I'm type B. And then it's like, hmm. <laughs> you can't be. Right? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. So whenever I need anything done, I call a dietitian because I know that they will get it done. Yeah. But like it's one of those things where people come to me and they're like, oh, I'm thinking about becoming a dietitian. Like I'm really interested in it. I want to go back to school like part-time and still work full-time. I'm like, honey, you can't, I promise you're not going to make it because it's hard. Yeah. Um, that being said, there are anomalies that are just like Albert Einstein reincarnated that we'll probably be able to, but with dietetics, there is a rigorous course load that you have to go through. Like oh, yeah. medical nutrition therapy is no joke. Lex only had to go through organic chem. So let's talk about it. You have to go through biology yeah. and then you have to go through general chemistry one and two. So yeah, I had to do to undergrad for my exercise science. I just didn't have to do them now. <laughs> so, right. So, yeah. And then you have to go through organic chemistry one yeah. and two. In my program, I had to go through, oh, well, she had to go through one. Yeah, I, I had to do one. I, I got, I skipped by with that one. Yeah. <laughs> And then in my program, I had to go through biochemistry one and two. Mm -hmm. And then I had to go through microbiology one and two. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> oh my God. Like, holy crap. That's just the science classes. Yep. Oh, don't forget about like the anatomy, physiology, physics, all of that. Like statistics, calculus, like yeah. all of those too. Like, so yeah, there's science and the stuff that you would expect, but there's also like all the other stuff that like, ties into it too. And then, um, going into like, I mean, if anyone wants to get their master's in nutrition, biochem and orgo is like the main center point in all of our like metabolism, um, classes and macronutrient classes and things along those lines. Like literally like you will know <laughs> gluconeogenesis and glycolysis and stuff in and out in your sleep. You can go through the Krebs cycle over and over and it's like things that like and also those are also things that 
when learning and going through, yes, you're going to need to know in your internship and stuff, but like whenever I've shadowed other registered dietitians and I've like been working alongside of them, I literally think to myself, I'm like, I've not heard them mention the Krebs cycle once. I'm so confused. Like when you are treating someone for diabetes, ain't nobody walking you through the substrate reactions of HPV. <laughs> like no one- They're not going to know what you're talking about. They're not going to know what you're talking about. No, like you can talk about succinyl-CoA all you want and it's not going to apply. <laughs> it's not going to work. I know. So you have to have the groundwork to be mm -hmm. able to know all of that, to be able to actually- apply it. So like, that's why when people come to you and this just like, is common knowledge. You're like, Oh, B12 gives you energy. But do you know why? Like, do you know how B12 functions in like the ATP like cycle? Do you know how it is a coenzyme and a substrate and like all of these things? So yes, you can know the application side of things, but you also need to know the who, what, when, where, and why behind why it works. Because sometimes when you're treating somebody, it might not be an issue with the product or with what goes into said reaction. It literally might be an intermediate step that needs more B6. And you wouldn't know that if you didn't know how things function and how things work. Right. So that is why it is so involved and takes so much time. Yeah, it's, it's very, and, and going back to like, if you're interested in this, don't let any of this like intimidate you. It is possible. You can do it. I promise. It just takes a lot of time and a lot of effort um, and a lot of studying and coffee and, you know, but it's worth it in the long run. It really is. It's not impossible. Um, I mean, we're doing it, we're finishing it and everything, but just keep in mind that it is a very science heavy course load, like very, very science heavy. Um, as much as you might not think of it as being like, oh, medical, air quotes, um, it, it, it is in a sense. And you're we're working right alongside the doctors and the nurses and everything right in the hospitals. And um, like, that's pretty much what our clinical rotations are. We're working with all of the other um, people. Like whenever I do online case studies and stuff, I'm working with a nursing student, a farm student, and a social work student, and we're a team. And it's the four of us to figure out what the patient needs to assess it and get that diagnosis. And so you're working alongside with everyone that else that pretty much brings a hospital together and makes it a functioning, a functioning organization, right? So keep that in mind. It's not just giving people meal plans. <laughs> yeah. And like Lex said, we're not trying to scare you. We're just trying to give you all the information that we wish that we had when yeah. we started and knowing what goes into it because it's almost better to be ignorant going into it because then you don't realize. I'm glad I was. <laughs> Honestly, same because like I said, I probably would have shied away from it. Yeah. But we're just like letting you know our experience and the truth behind dietetics because like we said, there's not a lot of information out there. So we're always here as resources for you guys. So be sure that you are really leaning on your classmates and you have that support system because like you can't make it through it alone. Like you need to be working alongside with your peers, like with your other people that are not even in your degree program, but you just have someone that you can like cry to maybe a farm student and you're both dying. And like, you can just lean on each other. Like sure. all of the girls in, or some of the girls in my degree program, we have a group chat and we talk like every day. We're like, okay, what'd you get for this case study? How's your mental health this week? So <laughs> because you are not a hermit and you are, seeking support both emotionally 
academically, whatever that looks like, because you can and you will make it through, but no man is an island. So yeah, no, you, you need a team. And what, like, like she said, it could be something as simple as like having a set study date with a partner in the library to go through all of the cycles and stuff like going through everything. And it's just, just do it. I promise it'll help you out mentally. It'll help you out in your grades. Like it'll just, you'll feel better overall by having that support system. Um, and if you have to cry, just cry. It's okay. <laughs> don't feel bad about it. We all do it. Yo, I don't even want to talk about it. Like <laughs> rest in peace to my liver from this last quarter <laughs> because, oh my yeah. gosh, Pinot Noir was but my best friend this last yeah. quarter. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. Uh, so let's kind of go into like, what is dicus? So, cause I know whenever I, yeah, right. <laughs> She's making a face. Um, but whenever I first like started looking into this, I kept seeing this word dicus and I was like, what is dicus? Like I had no idea. So for anyone just to like, that's ever applied to college, remember that like gen app thing that you did for undergrad where like you applied to like all of your like programs in one application sort of thing. That's kind of what DICUS is, but for dietetic internships. So it puts it all into one place and it allows it to just kind of go out. So it's like your application portal, um, which is pretty much, I'm pretty sure like that's like in the name somewhere. I'm not sure. I don't um, know what it stands for. I, I have no idea what it actually stands for. Um, and then there's also this thing called DND digital that you have to, um, sign up for and that's like something that they really press you because I, I think like a lot of people actually forget to do dnd digital which i don't know how you could possibly do that but like my di director has or my dpd director has like harped on us for the past like four months like make sure you're signing up for dnd because that's the place where you actually go in and rank your programs and that's where you'll log on to to figure out where you are matched um so definitely don't forget to do that that's like a key component to this because if you do dicus and don't do that you're still not going to get matched anywhere and then you did all the work for nothing exactly exactly so looking at the dicus application um there's all of the you know like general information and stuff and that's also where you do your letters of recommendation um personal statements uh what else is on there is you have to put in your course list that you've done your transcripts every single oh. Day. Oh my God. Okay. Let's talk about the course list because that takes five years. It takes it <laughs> like my top tip is to not start this like in February when it's due oh. on February 15th. Oh, no. Start it like when it opens. Yeah. Start in December. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's going, it's not necessarily that it's hard. The only hard part that I would say is the personal statement. Right. right. But it's Yes. So it just takes a long time because you have to input every science, math, whatever, like course that you need through DPD. And then okay. you also have like your major DPD courses. So you have your science DPD and then your major DPD. And then you, you have, have to, to they match perfectly with your transcript that you've submitted. Yes. So <laughs> you have to submit transcripts. Also that takes a while. So be sure that you are sending those early. Yes. The transcripts was so difficult because it's not like you could just go and send it like online. You had to get like your specific number attached, your DICUS number to your transcript and mail it in. And for me, that was super confusing because I had to submit transcripts from Auburn and USC because some of my classes, like my science classes and stuff were from USC. So I was going through the process of getting it from both schools. I was just so confused. My 
my DPD director was got a hundred emails from me. Cause I was like, I was so worried I was going to do it wrong. Yeah. I had three colleges to go through. So I feel oh, that. Gosh. Yeah. I dual enrolled in high school. So my calculus class, which is like college algebra. Some people do algebra. I did calculus, but it was from high school. So I had to go through my dual enrollment college and then my first undergrad before I transferred and now life university. And then some of them didn't give me the option to attach my diecast number. So I had to physically mail it, like just send it via mail and pray that they got it. And over Christmas break after diecast opens, like it takes a long time. So be sure that y'all are giving yourselves like ample time to do that. And then you have to like input when you took the course, what semester, what quarter, what grade you got, how many hours it counted for. Like, it's just very tedious. And that in and of itself probably took like at least five hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember I like, you have to go back and double check like multiple times. Cause I was so nervous. I was going to have like the wrong thing entered for the wrong place and it wasn't going to match up with my transcripts and it was just going to throw everything off. So yeah. yeah, that's something detail, 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 detail for that one. For sure. And then be sure that you're utilizing the people that you have around you to read and reread your personal statement. Oh yeah. Like making sure that things are grammatically correct, that it's persuasive, that it makes sense, proper diction, all of those things. And then check your actual internship to make sure that you don't need to apply to them directly because sometimes you have to apply to both and it can get pricey. So just FYI, you have to pay $55 per internship that you are sending your application to. You also have to pay for Dandy Digital and then you also potentially have to pay for the app straight to the internship. So know that things will rack up. So start saving now. Yeah. I had to send multiple like handwritten personal statements with checks and like, like they weren't allowing you to do it digitally. Like I had to mail it into them and I was just like, some of them do like, okay, (laughs) here you go. Yeah. So it can just be crazy. I had at least two tutors and one of my friends that's a PhD in English, like I had everyone read over my personal statement to make sure that I was selling myself adequately to make sure that I answered all those questions. And okay, don't feel like you're gonna go in blind. Once you get to the diecast application, it gives you questions so that you can actually run off of them. Yep. Um, So that, and then also your resume needs to be hot fire flames. So be sure that you're getting that looked over as well. For sure, I think my personal statement I think I did eight rewrites before I finally got my final, final piece. And my DPD director told me, he was like, on average, it's like 10 rewrites and stuff. So once I got to eight and he was like, this is awesome. I was like, done. <laughs> we are done. I'm putting it in. <laughs> like that's, yes. that's all we're doing. So, um, yeah, just be very particular about what you put in and make sure you're don't hold back, flaunt yourself, but also be real. Um, like, like Caroline said at the beginning, make sure you're showing your true authentic self because they don't want someone who's just going to go on and act like they're perfect and nothing's wrong with them and stuff because you're a human being. They know you're not perfect. Um, so make sure you're being upfront and like what your weaknesses and stuff are. Um, but also try to make it a little bit more of like in detail about what you hope to do in the future and things along those lines, very different from an undergraduate college personal statement. That's just like, here's my life story and 
the struggles I've overcome and why I deserve to get to your college. It's more of like a, show me your, tell, it's still telling a story, but tell a story about what got you into dietetics, um, how you have figured out that you want to specialize in this thing and just things along those lines, make it a little different than like your typical, here's an about me essay, personal statement. Yeah. And how you're going to contribute to the field, because like we said, it's only a 50% match rate. So if you're just like, yeah, and this is why I want to be a dietitian, but you're not like, Hey, this is how I'm actually going to make the world a better place and like contribute to the profession, make it better. Um, like what makes you any different than anyone else that wants to be a dietitian? For sure. So be sure that you're talking, like you should have future plans with what you actually want to do. Like we all have something that we want to do when we grow up. I know that for me, it was not originally being a dietitian, but when you switch and once you like get to graduating, you're like, okay, so I like, I think I want to do this with my life. You need to talk about that as well so that they know who you are and what you're going to do with yourself. Yes, for sure. 100%. And that's just, again, being your raw authentic self with them and like making sure they get to know you as, as a person too. Um, and also that can come across with setting up those one-on-one conversations with them. Don't hesitate to ask for a one-on-one um, after the open houses. Cause after the open houses, I emailed them like a day later, thank them for their time for the open houses. And then ask the question, um, if you have time in the next few weeks, I'd love to set up a one-on-one, especially since we were in COVID. So Zooms were really easy, except for the one program that I actually was in. I was in Raleigh. So I told them that I'd be in town that weekend that I could stop by campus if they would rather do that. Um, and I doubt they're going to say no. They're going to love the initiative that you're taking and they're going to love to get to know you even better because it's going to help them in the long run figure out who they want in their program too. For sure. Oh, and one thing that they said was huge is how you've already contributed to the field. So volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. Like you will not get paid, but be sure, like you can even work in a restaurant and that's experience. Um, talk about your past, your past works and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I volunteered for like seven months with no pay, but I knew that that was going to set me apart on my resume for my hundred percent. So it's very important that you're, they don't just look at, okay, you went to school. Yeah. You might have a 4.0, but what did you do? Like, what can you do? It's very important that you are diversifying yourself. So I know that it's hard, but you might need to make time for volunteering and or get a job in food service because that's super easy and that's a great experience. And like Lex said, not like no one cares about food service. So it's important <laughs> that you're feeling that you are kind of interested yeah. or you have experience in that. So look at those options because that wasn't something that was told to me. I just got into my classes and everyone's like, oh, I have tons of volunteer experience. And I was like, do what? Like, <laughs> hold on, pump the brakes. I'm confused. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, so when do you have time to eat and sleep? Like, yeah. Just. Yeah know that you, if you're not also working and making money in something that's related to dietetics, you might want to consider it because odds are you're not going to have time to work and make money and then also volunteer and get hours of experience. So might as well combine the two. And and if you start early enough, like starting early enough, take like one day out of your week to do the volunteering, like start early so that you can get ahead of it. And therefore you don't have to cram it all in last minute. Right. So yeah. take the time and maybe pick like Saturday mornings, just go volunteer at a food kitchen or something along those lines. Um, and 
slowly rack up the hours and it won't be overwhelming at the end if you do that. Yeah. And always be networking, always be putting yourself out there. If you meet another dietitian or student, get their email, like shoot them an email, make a LinkedIn, start adding people, like just be sure that you are connecting because I guarantee you who you know is going to determine your future. Like that's going to determine your future jobs. It's going to help you get your first job. It can help you get your internship rotations. It can help you get into an internship itself. So be sure that you are always being friendly and talking to everyone that you can. Yeah. 100% networking is huge, huge, Mm -hmm. huge. So definitely do that. And like, even if it's like, if it's someone that's in a position where you hope to be like, and you ask them for their email or like something along those lines, they're not going to think that's weird. They're going to think like this person is taking initiative and I like it. So if I have a position open for an internship later down the road, I'll consider them. Or if I have a position open for a job later down the road, I'll consider them like take initiative because you never know where the future is going to take you. And the more people, you know, the better. Yeah. And even if, you shoot them an email, you don't hear back. Like I've had dietitians be like, yo girl, you're great, but I genuinely just don't have the time. Like they will go ahead and let you know up front. So you will never be bothering them. I promise you, they will be honest with you. Yeah. And if you don't hear a response, it's okay. If they say no, that's okay. There's so many more options for you. So keep your doors always open. Right. Exactly. And like, just remember, like, like you just said, the worst thing they can say is no. And and the best thing they can say is is yes. So it's like, hey, then you might've got an opportunity out of it and there you go. It worked out in your favor, but it never hurts to ask. Goes back to the very beginning of what we were saying. Just ask those questions. Sponsor break. And as you guys could have guessed, my new activewear line, Surgeon Activewear, is the sponsor for the podcast this season. Of course, right? I could not bypass this opportunity to let my own activewear sponsor my own podcast. So if you guys aren't aware yet, we are a new activewear company called Surgent. Follow us on Instagram at Surgentwear, or you can find us online at www.surgent.com. We are a brand new activewear line. And when I say our products are the best, you guys know I've worn activewear so much, so many different brands. And I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I am obsessed with our stuff. It is buttery, silky, like literally gold. And it's like another layer of skin on top of your body. And we have so many new colors and designs coming out in the new year. Well, this year and years to come, obviously. But the big thing about Surgent is that we are partners with Rise Against Hunger. So if you haven't heard of Rise Against Hunger, they are a nonprofit organization that feed families in need and people in need all around the world. So in 2019 alone, they affected over 17 million families in 34 different countries. And we have partnered with them so that every product we sell equals a meal going to a family in need. And that's not just an order, you guys. That's every single product within that order. Literally by the click of a button, and you supporting us making an impact on the world. So shop Surgent, www.surgent.com. Obviously, I would love the support you guys and and I would just love to have all of the Nutrition by Lex community and everyone that listens to this podcast a part of the Surgent fam. So definitely check us out. Awesome. Okay, so Dicus, everything. Um, I know you have meetings that you have to hop on soon so we can kind of wrap things up. Um, I hope this helped you guys in talking about all of this. I know we were just like kind of 
word vomiting about all of our experiences, but hopefully it helped you um, with kind of a guidance towards helping you make your decision on if you want to be an RD or anything along those lines. And also like reach out to us. Like I know we're super busy, but we can, we can try to answer any questions if you guys have questions and stuff. But Caroline, I like to ask everyone just kind of three fun questions at the very end of every episode. Um, so first being, what's your favorite food? Okay. That's so really fun. sweet. So, it's going to sound cliche. I really, really love oatmeal. Like I love oatmeal. <laughs> okay. um, also sushi poke, anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then dessert is my love language. So I go harder than anyone I know when I go and get Froyo. And I love loaded cookies and cheesecake. Hey, cannot go wrong there. No. Right. Can you tell that I'm a foodie and I belong in dietetics because <laughs> guys, it's all over the place. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, when we were in Georgia, she was saying like how people were like, oh no, that's just too sweet. Like it, like I just can't handle the sweetness. She was like, can't relate. No, nope. yeah. get it. <laughs> Let me have it sweeter. <laughs> right. I love it. Oh, you don't want yours? I'll finish yours too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'll take yours too. Awesome. Um, okay. My next question is what's your favorite form of physical activity or exercise? Um, so I primarily lift weights, mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily like my ultimate love. That's just kind of what I have access to right now. I enjoy spin classes sometimes. Mm -hmm. I really like functional classes. I know that it's not the most optimal for like hypertrophy or whatever, but I love like F45 style classes and then tumbling. I'm looking to get back into like gymnastics, cheerleading, tumbling. So oh, you're brave. You are so brave. If I ever tried to go back to there, I would break my neck. So <laughs> I give more props to you. Like it, that's honestly the thought of like what I used to do terrifies me now. Like, I don't even think I could go backwards. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't trust myself for that one. Dude, um, I just want to be able to like whip out a backflip. I would love to be able to do that. So like, I, I envy my younger self, like whenever I was able to do that now, just looking at it, I'm like, I would break, like I would actually break. I understand why I would like older people, whatever they were watching me tumble when I was younger. And they were like, I would never, I'd break my neck. Like I relate to that now. I get yeah. it. <laughs> All right. My last question is just what keeps you motivated and pretty much like, what's your why? Everyone always has to think about this one. <laughs> so my why is coming from my past self. Like I never want anyone to go through what I went through and my clients sharing their wins every day. Like it keeps me going. I know that I'm making a difference in this world. I know that I'm changing lives. I know that I'm fulfilling God's calling on my life. And it's just the joy of getting to do what I love every day. And I get to make the world a better place. Yeah. And that's what keeps me going. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Yay. Awesome. I love hearing everyone's why. It's so interesting because everyone's is a little different. So awesome. Thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I know you've got to run, but this is a really good conversation and I hope it helped everyone out. And good luck to you. I will be texting you in about an hour. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I know. So excited. Um, and thanks to everyone listening. I'll talk to you guys again next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.